0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2017. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter Two, and we are on page 19, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, on the 12 steps, Lorraine W., 12 traditions, Diane G., and reading the text, Rachel W., Allison L., and Adini M. The reference numbers for Monday, March 27th, are 7 a.m. 9767 and 10 a.m. 9768, that's 9767 and 9768. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA
1: Good morning, this is Lorraine W., recovered here in Pennsylvania. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lorraine. I will now ask Diane G to read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning. This is Diane G from New Hampshire.
0: Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. Um, don't just mute your phone by hitting the mute button. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and we're in chapter two on page 19, the first paragraph. I will ask Rachel W. to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. Can
3: you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Okay, good. Thank you so much for your service and good morning, everyone. This is Rachel W. Recovered Compulsive, a reader calling from New York. Page 19 at the top. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their time to the work. So this is so powerful, and especially the sentence that says um, that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Oh, isn't that the case? You know, I came in here 18 years ago, and um, you know, layers upon layers have uh, have been revealed since then. But um, but also another thing that struck me was the first sentence: we don't make a sole vocation of this work. Um, however it it really does it it is the foundation of everything i'm doing in my life you know um whether it's in my home whether it's at in my career it's it's in every arena of my life and what i do is um what i've been given you know it's a process of going from complete self-centeredness complete selfishness being in a place of of thinking really like only of myself into being transformed into someone who's useful and productive and someone who who's actually has something to offer, you know, and, and I use, I, I take these 12 steps with me wherever I go. And, and, um you know, in a work situation, it could be, you know, I'll just sit and say, I'm powerless over this unmanageability. You know, I don't know about you, but I continue it, being a recovered person. I continue having unmanageability in my day at times. And, and I have to ask myself, is this, is this something to do with me? Is it something not to do with me? Um, and I go and take it into step two and say, you know, God, I believe you're powerful and I know your power. And, and do I believe that God has the attributes to handle this situation? You know, if, if I don't know what to do, do I believe my higher power has, has the attributes? And if I don't believe that I have to ask myself why I'm limiting my higher power. And then I also have to think, right, is there someone I could ask to help me, you know, is spot, besides a sponsor, but someone at work, you know, is there someone in a work situation that I can actually reach out to are, are my defects keeping me from reaching out for help. And I have to think to myself, um, the step three prayer, you know, just say like, i am God I'm willing to put myself into your hands. I'm just making me useful. And then I go take it into step four. What part of me is out of alignment? You know, normally it's control or fear or, you know, do I, do I, you know, do, the object there is to have the ability to walk away from it. And, um, and then I admit myself by fault to God and to myself and and I maybe call someone to do a ten step and at that point, I ask myself, you know, am I willing to have God remove this defect these defects i've been I've been feeling um and sometimes the answer is no, you know it's just like the hard time putting down a defect the way I did a food and and if I don't have the willingness, I pray for it, and then come into the seven step prayer and then i I, I look at what, if I have any amends to make and clean it up, and then I make amends to myself through self-compassion and, and, um, and make those other amends, and then I continue to do the inventory and do something spiritual, I and mean, then I could be of service, so um, this is such a powerful process, and we can take this with us, obviously, you know, wherever we go, and, um, and I'm really grateful for the service today, and I thank you so much for listening and for letting me share. Thank you, Rachel. Okay, who would like to
0: share? We're on the first paragraph on page 19. Nessa Tina R. Kim G. Nessa R. Christina S. S. M. M. G. M. M. G. M. G. Melissa C. Sarah W. Harlan
4: yes. G.
5: This is Larry.
0: Harlan. Harlan. Larry. Okay. How about let's go with those seven? Okay, I have Nessa R. Tina S., Kim G., Melissa C., Sarah W., Harlan G., and Larry K. Okay, let's go. Nessa R., followed by Tina S. Thank you. Um, Good morning.
6: Uh, Vision for you, this is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. The elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Um, I I love this phrase. Um, uh, this sentence I, I use it often because it's packed packed with meaning and it tells me two things number one that the elimination of our drinking is is the beginning nothing can happen recovery cannot ensue unless and until we become absolutely abstinent absolutely entirely abstinent complete elimination of all binge foods binge ingredients binge behaviors Uh, we cannot hold on to anything but then it tells me it's but a beginning meaning it is the beginning but it is not the goal the goal here is recovery the goal here is um to be in a place where the food is in a position of neutrality where I um, have a um, conscious and intimate relationship with my creator, where um, I derive all sense of ease and comfort from him and not from the food, which tells me that in order to get there, I have to work a program of recovery and not a program of abstinence. You know, I, I tried to work a program of abstinence for a long time, you know, I went to meetings. I made, the, you know, the three the three phone calls, spoke to three people. I read a ton a ton of literature, you know, the Daily Reader, Voices of Recovery for today, all these things. I wrote in my journal. Um, I tried ninety uh, meetings in ninety days, all these things, and you know, I did get abstinent um, for a little while, but then I was not, and I tried it again, and I got I got abstinent. But it never, never lasted uh, until I worked a program of recovery. And then the program of recovery, which is the 12 steps contained in this book, is what brought me to the real solution, which is, which is God and deriving myself of so his comfort from him. So it tells me two things. Start with absolute abstinence and continue towards the ultimate goal, which is recovery.
0: And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Tina S. You're up, followed by Kim G.
7: Thanks, Katie. Tina S. Recovered compulsive fever Anorexic in Florida. Um, grateful to be on the line and uh, thanks. Some great shares already this morning. You know, I I love this paragraph because it tells me exactly, precisely what I need to do once I've done the work. None of us makes the sole vocation of this work. You know, this work that I've done, the twelve steps, and you know. Um, I always wanted to, uh, like, retire from my job so that I could do this work. And uh, basically, early on, it was just that I didn't want to work at a career. You know, so today I have the opportunity to do both. You know, and it tells me that my main purpose is to be of service to God and to those about me in the work area. And I like that it talks about that, you know, once I put down the drink, that's just the start. You know, that's just the beginning. That's where I start from. You know, and then much more important is the demonstration, you know, that showing of, you know, I got to do this thing. You know, everybody knows on this line that I'm a talker. I can talk. But am I doing the deal? Am I demonstrating in all areas of my life? You know, it talks about in step 12, you know, we practice these principles, which are the 12 steps. In all our affairs, you know, work, home, Friends, any any place. You know, I was willing to do this as it had to do with staying abstinent. You know, I could follow a food plan for a period of time till I can't. Wait. It was already heard. Am I doing this in all my affairs? You know, my romances, my finances, my relationships, my career. You know, one day at a time, I have the opportunity to demonstrate, to show others what someone has shown me and continues to show me what to do one day at a time, as long as I, as long as I'm free from the from the um, the drink. The alcoholic foods, I have a shot, and with that I'll pass, thanks.
0: Thank you so much, Tina. Kim G, you're up, followed by Melissa C.
8: Good morning. Good morning, all. My name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I get all tingly when I hear that sentence. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. You know, there's a saying I love, the truth shall set you free. But at first, it's going to piss you off. And man, that pissed me off. You know, I wanted to be able to work the steps in order to get abstinent. And this book tells me over and over, the first thing I have to do is put that food down. You know, it reminds me, of, um, six years ago now, I was out walking my dogs in a snowstorm, and I slipped, and I looked down, and my foot was facing 180 degrees the wrong way. And when I got to that hospital, they told me that I broke, and I don't know the bones, but the outside bone of my calf, tibia, fibia, something right in half, but the larger aspect of my disease, I ripped every single muscle and tendon in my ankle. And my doctor explained to me that the greater aspect of my injury was, that, was all that muscle um, tears. But first and foremost, I had to stabilize that bone. I had to have surgery the next day, I had to put pins and screws and they had to stabilize that because I wasn't gonna be able to do the physical therapy unless that was stable. I didn't have the option to say, hey doc, why don't we do the physical therapy first and then I'll work on that broken bone. It's the same exact thing. We have a twofold illness in here. I have an allergy of the body, which means I have to have entire abstinence. I was told that in the doctor's opinion. And I have a mental twist and I'm also told in the doctor's opinion, I have to have an entire psychic change. But there is an order to that. You know, the, the simple way I think about it is in the doctor's opinion, which everything comes back to that doctor's opinion is men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. I cannot get the effect from the steps if I'm still getting the effect from the food. It's as simple as that. And I think of this TV show I saw many years ago where they had people drinking at a bar and just randomly they said, okay, everybody stop. How many of you think you're okay to to drive? And 80% of the people raised their hand. And they gave them breathalyzer tests, and they were horrified, many, many, many of them, because they were showing that they were above the legal limit. And they were saying, I didn't even know I was impaired. Oh, my God, I feel fine. I had no idea I was impaired. And they were so upset about it. That is the truth. We are eating, and we think, this is not as bad as alcohol. I'm not impaired because our alcoholic life becomes normal. We have to accept the fact If we are impaired when we're in the food and we don't have the mental acumen to attack the larger aspect of our disease, which is the mental twist. So quite simply again, I cannot get the effect of the steps while I'm still getting the effect of the food. Therefore, foremost, we feel the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Sarah W.
9: Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what What this paragraph really tells me is um, my entire life, you know, I, I can't have two separate worlds. You know, I, I do have to work um, and I have to remain recovered. And they are intermingled together. You know, I, I have to go out in the workforce, I have to be a mom and a wife, um or I get to be a mom and a wife and I get to go out in the workforce. Um and I don't do my program in isolation, you know, I don't um put my focus on um, you know, working the twelve steps, um, just in rooms of OA. I actually have to live it in my outside life, you know, so Putting the food down was just the beginning, you know, and, and working um, through the steps and going through the big book um, is taught me and continues to teach me how to live my life, you know. And um, so here, here's the truth for me. You know, I um, thank God I'm abstinent and the food is down and the desire to eat is removed, but I still get desires to micromanage, I still get desires to gossip, um, to judge, you know. um, That has not been eliminated. And I can get really busy during the day and think I'm doing great. And then, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night. I've been up since 2 a.m. And I'm learning insomnia for me, I keep getting reminded over and over, is God really trying to get my attention because I can force. It out just so long in, in the dizziness of the day, and I'm grateful that we have a kind of a nightly review, so that my defects came, you know, came to the forefront, and you know, and I thought I had one answer when I went to bed at night, but I woke up in the middle of the night um, because I realized, you know, I have to practice the principles. Of this program in all my affairs and i need to be kinder i need to be more tolerant i need to be loving with people in my workplace and if not for this program i would not know that today you know if i weren't entirely absent i'd have no idea i would be going this morning through dunkin donuts shoving it down my throat and then Going
0: in and wrecking havoc, and I don't get to do that today. I get to do it differently. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Sarah W. Sarah W. You're up. Followed by Harlan G.
10: Good morning. Thank you, Katie, for your service. This is Sarah W., grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Iowa. Um, yeah you know i i love the i love the paragraph and I love um what people have shared too uh, I like to notice things, and what it says is nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did um, you know sometimes it's the quality, not the quantity and I think that's really important and for me um you know I work and i also um have a spouse and I have children and grandchildren. So I have to really balance these things. And although I really want to help, I have to think of what is my motive in helping? And is it for adulation? Um, is it to look good? Is it to feel in control? And so I really have to be very cautious with that. And also, uh, the next sentence, which I think is probably the most important sentence in the paragraph, says, as everybody's touched on the next two sentences, we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning, a much more important demonstration, and it does say demonstration of our principles, lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. And all over the book, and all over the 12 and 12, it talks about principles. So these are things that I aspire to. This doesn't mean for me that I can live up to these ideals perfectly. But the principles of the program in the first step is honesty. The second step is hope. The third step is faith. The fourth step is courage. The fifth step is integrity. The sixth step is willingness. The seventh step is humility. The eighth step is brotherly love. The ninth step is justice. The tenth step is perseverance. The eleventh step is Spiritual awareness and the 12-step is service and I can um, constantly take a look at that if I'm in those principles if I'm living there um, whether it be at my workplace as other people have said or in my home and and the biggest thing for me is if I'm really living this program yes abstinence is you know number one But I I have to live in those principles. And that means that I don't get to judge other people. That I really have to look at everybody's journey as theirs. This is mine and that's theirs. And it's not for me to say if theirs is right or wrong. It's for me to look at my own and continue to work on that. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Okay, Harlan G., you're up, followed by Larry Kay. And then we'll open it up for more shares on page 19.
1: Thank you
4: very much, Katie. It's Harlan G. I'm a compulsive, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Can I be heard? Okay. Yes, perfect. Oh, thank you. Okay. I also want to thank Team Tuesday for making this meeting possible. Everything I was ever told from the time I was three, four years old was a lie. Because everybody told me, whether they were adults, doctors, dentists. Uh, medicine men, astrologers—you name it—they told me that if I stopped eating so much, everything in my life would be fine. Everything in my life would be wonderful. And for periods of time, I probably went on my first date. Went, up date. <laughs> I went on my first date when I was thirty-five. I probably went on my first diet when I was about seven or eight years old. I remember hunkering down on my own willpower trying not to eat so much when I was seven or eight years old. And it didn't feel very good. They told me things like, don't eat so much, you'll feel better. Man, they were right. When I don't eat so much, I feel anger better. I feel fear better. I feel like killing myself better. I feel jealousy better. I feel crushes on girls better. I feel everything better. And those feelings would burst to the surface And as I would feel those feelings, the only thing I could do to swap those feelings was to go to the food because the effect of the Kit Kat bar, the effect of the Oreo cookie would make me feel fantastic for about eight, nine seconds. And then the allergy would set in and I would not be able to control the amount of those things that I would eat and I'd be off to the races again. And one more time I let myself down. One more time I was weak. One more time I was lying to myself and it made me hate myself and hate the world around me. And then I came into program and it says we feel the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning because in my life at the pay ways in my life. At every juncture of my life, I felt that the elimination of my drinking was the finish line. The elimination of my eating was the goal. It was the finish line. It was the ultimate accomplishment. And now I find out it's just the beginning and a much more important demonstration, action word, of our principles, the steps. The principles are the steps. Lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. And what is he saying here? Work the steps and practice these steps in every area of your life and everything will be different, but you won't feel the need to compulsively overeat. I have not compulsively overeaten in over 18 years, nor have I wanted to. And I have refrained from compulsive overeating through the working of these steps in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, in the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous, and I have refrained from compulsive overeater eating, and I have done so happily. That this is the greatest way of life imaginable. With that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Harlan. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up.
5: Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. I'm at Larry K, Recovered Compulsive, reader from Chicago. You know, in this chapter, there is a solution. I'm, I'm confronted with this idea that this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body is actually not hopeless at all. In fact, I learned that there's a way out of this self-destructive spiral. And it's more than merely a possibility. See, it's a guarantee. You know, follow these instructions precisely and your heart's going to change. You're going to be brought into alignment with your creators. And when that happens, I'm no longer a prisoner. I'm no longer in myself in post-prison. And, you know, I've heard it said, mercy is not reserved for the deserving. You know, rather, mercy is, is kind of a grace born out of compassion. I can't earn this. I can't buy it. It's, it's only reserved for the sick among us. So if, you, if you've got life figured out, why uh you don't need a spiritual solution. But here's the kicker. See, I, I'm I'm not going to be able to bring the solution to light through willful adherence to my own desires, my own ideas. So the prideful one that's full of answers for myself and for you, that that guy needs to die while I'm alive. And Roland Hazard following Jung's advice, eventually found a spiritual solution to alcoholism. And then he rescued Ebby Thatcher. And Ebby then went to Bill to pass the message on to him and, and introduce Bill to the, the Oxford group message. And Bill passes it along to Dr. Bob. And then, I don't know, here we are March 28th, 2017. And, and you know, and, and we're passing it along to each other. That, that's either one heck of a hoax you know, I, I've been sold a bill of goods that's been working for people like me for over 80 years. I've been bamboozled into a life better than I've ever known. And you know what kept me from tapping into this solution? Pride. You know, I've heard it said pride is, is, is spiritual cancer. It eats, it eats up, you know, all possibility of love, contentment, even my common sense. And prayer is powerful for me. Here, here's my prayer. God, help me to set aside everything I think I know about the solution so I have an open mind to a new experience. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Okay, who else would like to share on this paragraph? We're on page 19, the first paragraph. None of us. Barbara B. Danielle
11: okay. O.
0: Leslie, W. you?
8: Okay. Jackie B. from the Bronx.
0: okay, I have barbara was it d or e b is in boy okay barbara b and then was it danielle Yes. Yeah. okay and then and w, b. jack w jackie and jackie b okay anyone else Bassa o Bassa o okay well, let's go with those we have barbara b Uh, Danielle, Leslie W., Jackie B., and Bassa O.
12: Go ahead, Barbara. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Massachusetts, calling in from Florida. When I read and think about, we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Um, I love the image that it calls up, which is um, an image from... An AA booklet that I was given oh, many years ago that says that the abstinence is a launching pad. And I think of that and realize it and live it and carry that message often that it is just that. It's the launching pad, it is just the beginning. I never can get off the ground. I can't get onto the steps if I'm not launched. And that's my launching pad. And then I begin that slow and steady or whatever time it takes the walk of the steps and where that leads me. And then it, uh, I think, very wisely takes me in the reading to the call to a demonstration of these steps, of these principles at home, my occupation, all my affairs. Because I it'd be very nice, and I used to think I could live in that fourth dimension that Bill talks about, you know, that heavenly space I could sit in my little, you know, corner of the world and be in rapture. But I've got to, you know, as the song says, don't talk of love, show me. So when I carry the message to another, uh, in addition to the launching pad of getting off the ground, I've got to show that walk through all areas of my life, applying the principles, as it says, practice these principles and all my affairs. So it keeps me grounded in reality and yet combining that with a a very rich and deep spiritual life. And I love being reminded of the combination, and I love being reminded that none of it is possible if I haven't gotten off the ground with abstinence. Thank you. I pass.
8: Okay, thank you so much. Danielle, you're up.
0: Leslie W. Follows. Danielle, press star one to unmute, please.
11: Okay, hi, everybody. Thought I was unmuted. Sorry. Danielle, the am a over here from Northern uh, New York. You know, this chapter and this big book about Paulus Anonymous comes alive only when I pick the book off. And that's what's amazing. Because it, it amazes me every single time that I read something that it's something just kept alive something things about those birds popping out and start to see and feel different things. And I was reading about that, day where my uh, Wanted at time, but in fact, what I think is that. and that's what I get to tell each day as I walk. lot of work with those kids, and it was a big conference. And it ended up, I sat with a co-worker that worked in a different city in a different building, and she was talking about how much she struck the students. And I got to be of service. I got to sit with her and her and I told her what I was doing in over a And I loved how much she wanted to connect. But ultimately, I have to remember that whatever I share with her, they go somewhere or it may not. And that's the truth of the If one tells me I don't have the that I need. And it was a difficult, sometimes a difficult trip because there were so many interesting things going on. It's about food sales. It's about it, and tantalizing things going on around this concert. But I see that. I had the food I needed, I, I had the, the resources I needed, and I made it all the way to And I was so grateful for that. And I wanted to share that because I know that, you know, we talk so highly of what happens, just the terms of that happens, and yet there's just, just the small things of that I want to do And for that, I'm so grateful that I got to share that understanding this morning's meeting. So thank you, everybody, for taking part of my response. And that's it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Danielle. Leslie W. You're
8: up, followed by Jackie B. Thank you. This is Leslie W. Recovered in Tennessee. Um, I'm so glad to be able to share this morning. And what I wanted to focus on was a much more important demonstration of our principles' lives before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. I'm just gonna be i I'm just gonna be like Charles H this morning and I'm gonna keep it real. Um for me, you know, the way I have behaved in my home has been the hardest to um hardest place. it's, it's been the hardest place to practice these principles and, and uh I I am really good at putting on a face that I think the world wants to see. And then coming home and being a total <laughs> other face to my 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 husband and the people people that live with me, the people that know me, you know. Um, I mean, my primary occupation as of right now is is a homemaker. You know, I mean, I have two little kids. I've got a seven seven year old and a two year old, both boys, both wild and crazy. Um, so you know, for me, the most important the demonstration of these principles is in my home it, it it really is because i can't be out there helping my fellows and 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 preaching or <laughs> preaching this book and then come home and 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 yell at my kids or 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 be snippy to my husband um and ignore his needs ignore their needs and basically the, the type of person that I was before program and before recovery, um, you wouldn't have liked that person, I don't think. You know, I didn't like that person. Um, I was Dr. Jekyll and Hyde. I really was. And and the outside world thought good things about me. But I'll never forget uh, my husband saying to me, you know, you know, you know what, Leslie, you're, you're nicer to total strangers and to your fellows in program than you are to me. And that, that really hit me between the eyes because, because I know that this is where I have to work the hardest in practicing these principles in all my fears. The simple elimination of of of, of, of my compulsive overeating, oh, honey, you know, I'm not, I'm not picking up anymore. Aren't you proud of me? Isn't everything great? No, everything's not great because I wreaked havoc for years, and I'm still trying to make up for some of that. I'm still making amends to all those times when I shut him down in the bedroom because guess what, I don't feel good about myself tonight. So I don't care what you need. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest, you know. Um, so today is, is different. And, and no, I don't do it perfectly every day, but thank God I have a program and thank God I have fellows to call for 10 steps and a way to stay in the solution so that I don't have to pick up and I don't have to be Dr. Jekyll and, and Hyde anymore. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Leslie W. Jackie B., you're up, followed by Vasa O.
8: Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your service and for letting me share today. Um, you know, I totally get the the early, everybody shares, I that's me. Um, but I also too got a lot out of we feel we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us lies before us in our respective homes occupations and and affairs um and that is so true today today um I face my fears, I face my anxieties, one day at a time, by being of service to everyone, including my family. Um just recently an example, um my husband's retired even though we're young, but we have a 14-year-old and I'm not. And I'm not ready to retire, but I wasn't I was being wishy-washy about it instead of stating the where I was really at because I wanted him To like me, I want them to accept that, look, I'm abstinent, I'm doing everything I can, give me kudos, don't give me, you know, aggravation. But you know what? Like everybody else said on this line, I do a 10-step. I ask for help in this program. I look at my side of the street. My side is, I can't be wishy-washy. You know, I don't want to move. And I'm now learning that it's okay to state your side of the street, whether people like it or not. I don't need to be cruel. I don't need to be heartless. What I need to be is honest. Because if I'm honest and I'm not picking up, and then I can be of service to my family. I can be of service to the man in the street. I can be service to people in program. It's funny. You know, yesterday I reached out to a whole bunch of people at night. They don't usually get a text from me at night. And they're all saying, are you okay? Are you okay? And that's great. But all I was trying to do was say, hey, I was thinking about you and I'm sending out some good vibes. You know, that's a change in me. It's, you know, not sitting there and wondering what's in the refrigerator. It's not sitting there and saying, why doesn't anybody get me? It's today saying, hey, how can I be there for others? How can I enrich other people's lives by my experience, strength, and hope? How can I give back? what I've been so easily given in this program after 25 years of doing the uh, recovery according to Jackie's willings and not willings. Today, every morning, I give thanks to my higher power. Every day, I say, hey, you know what? It's not about me today. It's about what I can do, and by me doing, I am giving back, and therefore, the food does not call me. And for that, I am so grateful. And thank you, everyone, for your clarity, for your support, and being there for me. Thank you. And with that, I pass.
13: Thank you,
0: Jackie B. And Vasa O., you're up.
13: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa grateful, Recover Compulsive over Eater. Grateful to be here with all of you. And um, uh, I'll just read this part here. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important den- demonstration of our principles lies before us in our prospective homes, occupation, and affairs. And uh, there was nothing more that I wanted in this world really than to put the food down. that I had been trying, had been trying to put it down, off and on, off and on for many, many, many years. And I could put it down for a little bit, but I, I could never put it down like I. I've done it over the years being in the program. I had the husband, I had the house, I had the kids, and I gave in to the food addiction because I couldn't do it any longer. I didn't even know it was a food addiction, I didn't know it was allergy, I didn't know anything about that mental obsession until I came into the program into the program to reading this big book, you know, in the doctor's opinion. I was so relieved to find that out because I didn't know what was the matter with me. Finally, I thought, oh, okay, now at least I can deal with it. It's like having a cancer, you know. And, you know, in those days I was so terrified of getting cancer, you know, and now they have found a lot of cures for cancer. But I remember hearing in, in, in over it is Anonymous, we can arrest our disease one day at a time. You know, with cancer years ago, people died, you know, or there was not enough. They didn't know enough about it. And today there's just so much help in that area. But hearing that I could live, I can put the food down one day at a time, and uh, and then the addiction can, you know, we can live with it if we work the program the way the the steps are laid out. And, uh, again, for me it was just to surrender just to surrender. My life, it's nothing like it used to be. I i don't even remember that person, but I get reminded here when we get back into the steps again, from where I was to where I am today. I, you know, my life has changed so much over the years. I'm much more patient. I've gone through step four, all the resentments and all the insecurities, but I didn't think I had to go through that stuff. I thought I just needed to put the food down, and I'm going to have a perfect life. Well, I kept getting reminded, Vasa, if you don't work the steps, you're going to go back into the food. So I chose to stay here and work the program and stay in the steps as they are laid out and back and forth, back and forth. It might sound boring, but for me it's not boring. It's growing and healing. I went back to school. I would have, you know, I had a job. I got a job that I loved. Time. I wrap it up. If I didn't have any of this stuff, if I didn't work this stuff, I would be probably even dead today. Thank you for letting me share that, task.
0: Thank you, Vasa. Okay, we have time for two more shares. Would anyone else like to share on page 19, the top paragraph? Mary good. Oh, yeah. I am Mary. Mary D, and was it Kelly S? No, this is uh, this is not Kelly, but I'll wait for the second hour. Okay, so Mary D, <laughs> Kelly S, and Leah i am um, I'm I'm sorry, it's Kelly. That's not your initial.
14: That's okay. It's not
0: it. Okay. Yeah, okay, let's have Mary D, Kelly S, and Leah. Um, if you all could split your time, or not. Uh, okay, thank you. Go ahead, Mary I'll D.
15: Be- I'll try to be very quick. Hi, this is Mary B., gratefully recovered compulsive eater, currently in southwest Arizona. And uh, this last line in this paragraph... um, um, Okay, I lost it. Um, Okay, anyway. Let me just share this update. Um, When I retired... Eighteen years ago, my company gave me a retirement party. Somebody at that party asked me what I'm going to do with my time. And my first thought was, I'm going to a meeting. But I didn't say that because the questions would have come up, what meeting and so forth. So my answer was, I'm going to water aerobics. And I can tell you honestly, that was my intention, but in 18 years, I have not been to one single water aerobics. I have dedicated my life to this program, and when my daughter-in-law's father asked me one day, Mary, what is it you do with your spare time? Um, And he's always making a fuss about my weight loss and keeping my weight off and everything. And I just simply answered, um, I help people lose weight the way I did it. And that was my simple answer. And I have been very, very active in program all these years. But now life is changing um, as we go through this process of maturing, right now my husband is losing his vision. He's very nearly blind. And so I'm uh, needed. I'm needed in this area to to help him. My job now is caretaker. And I'm so, first of all, thankful that physically I'm able to do this. and. With all the years in program, I really believe that these last two years in a vision for you and the work that I've done here has prepared me to be able to give in the way I need to give of myself today. I haven't stopped my program, of course. I've kept the sponsees that I have had over the years um, I have my sponsor thank God she has been seeing me through this adjustment that I've had to make but I haven't taken on any new sponsees and may not be able to for a while and that's fine but I am time Thank you, I am so grateful for what I've received that has prepared me for any adjustment that life brings. Thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. Thank you for your share. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Mary. And Kelly S., you're up.
14: Thank you, Katie. This is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive over here in Oklahoma um my timer here so uh we feel elimination of our drinking is but a beginning um but just the beginning and that was the thing i just didn't understand because like other people shared you know my whole focus before was about to stop compulsively overeating you know that was my goal how many days had i gotten back to back and let me tell you guys in 30 plus years i never even made it a year Never even made it a year because that was all I tried to focus on was that. The problem was food wasn't my problem. Living was my problem. I had no idea how to do life. You know, I was, as I said, stark, raving, abstinent. I wasn't a different person. You know, I've, been, I've read this book many times. I'd seen that entire psychic change rocketed into the fourth dimension, and I'd like, huh, well, don't know what that means. It's not happening for me. But I never understood it till I started listening to Vision for You and had the big book shown to me and the importance of working this program day in, day out as it's laid out in this big book and finding a solution. What was a solution? Spiritual solution. That was the part I didn't understand. You know, I was looking at the tools for the solution. I was looking for the weight loss, the you know, that back-to-back abstinence. And that was but a beginning. And then the most important thing was, am I working my steps daily? Am I doing the deal like we hear here every day? You know, I have to do it. It's not just want it or just wish for it. I have to do the work. And, you know, you know, there's a story in the big book later on that talks about the guy that goes in the storm cellar and comes back out after the hurt, you know, the tornado, and he goes, isn't it, Grandma, the wind stopped blowing and everything's just torn up? And that's kind of how my life was here at my home, you know? It's like nobody ever said to me, wow, Mom, you know, you're, you're really a different person. And you know what? I actually heard that for the first time. I'm 54. I heard, overheard my daughter telling somebody that the other day. She's 26, and she's like, yeah, before my mom started working her program, she wasn't really very nice, and she was telling her friend that. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm finally, finally hearing my family is seeing, you know, I'm demonstrating this principle, I'm living this program today in my life, because why? I stopped compulsively overeating, I put down my binge foods, you know, but I picked up the spiritual tools, I started working this program, I do the steps daily, and I'm living my life differently in the spiritual solution, and I've had that entire psychic change, thanks to this program, and you guys showing me the big book for the first time after 30 plus years, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie, for your service.
0: Thank you so much, Kelly. And I'm sorry, but we um, are out of time. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Uh, The share ID for today, Tuesday, March twenty eighth, is 9771. That's 9771. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Well, Allison L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
3: Yes, good morning. This is Allison L., recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got.